Last week, Aaron spoke about how Jesus invites us to be yoked to him. And he spoke out of Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. I want to read it again. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It was a really good message. I encourage you to go back and listen to that on a podcast or watch it, whatever works for you. But Aaron spoke about how Jesus' analogy of a yoke is interesting because Jesus doesn't just take control or take the wheel. He actually invites us to walk and work with him and learn from him. Jesus wants to be connected with us in working partnership. So in this metaphor, the skilled and matured oxen is linked with the younger. Do you have that picture? Thank you. And together they pull the cart. It's a paradox because a yoke is a labor and work metaphor. But when we're connected with Jesus, we find rest in it. So Aaron mentioned last week that he wished he had Photoshop skills so he could, you know, put someone's face in there. And lucky for him, I have scissor, glue stick, and copy skills. So I did that for him. (laughs) There he is. There's Aaron with Chosen Jesus. Linked in a yoke. Thank you. There you go, Aaron. See, moms make good dad yokes too. Um, Aaron also mentioned that there are good and bad yokes, and he really challenged us last week to evaluate what are we yoked to. He encouraged us to consider areas. You can take the picture down now, Aaron. <laughs> Caleb, thanks. He encouraged us to consider areas where we're weary or tired, and maybe we should question, maybe I'm under a bad yoke. There are examples of yokes of Egypt, Babylon, Baal. Those represent idols or structures that we put our trust in and link to, and those become yokes of oppression. There are religious yokes, church yokes, all sorts of yokes that can be bad, even unhealthy relational yokes. But ultimately, Jesus says, come, yoke yourself with me. So it was very interesting when Aaron brought that scripture last week because um, it's one of my favorite verses in the message version. But also that week, Monica brought to staff meeting Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Um, the Friday before Aaron spoke, I was reading Oswald Chambers' devotional, and that scripture was there. And then after Aaron spoke on Sunday, I went on my afternoon walk. Sometimes I like to just walk and I put in an audible book and it was The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. And the chapter opened with The Secret of the Easy Yoke. I was just like, wow, this scripture, this is just getting pounded into me this week. And so um, I just felt like the Holy Spirit was saying to camp out here a little bit longer. And so here we are, week two, talking about the yoke. (laughs) Let me read this passage in the message version, because it's definitely my favorite. And what's interesting is it brings up the religious idea again, because in in this chapter 11, Jesus is frustrated with the churches or with the towns where he's doing miracles and he's speaking because people can't receive him because of a religious yoke they're under. 
He's like, woe to you, woe to you, come on, get what I'm doing here. And they just can't get it. And so then Jesus says to them, he says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Isn't that beautiful? What a beautiful invitation. So will you all pray with me as we start this? Let's pray out loud. You can pray along with me. Holy Spirit, our teacher, as we worship and explore the word today, would you awaken our hearts, expand our thinking, and shape who we are today. In the name of Jesus, we ask. Amen. So I'm going to speak from Matthew 11, 28 through 30 today, and also the words that Jesus said in John 14, 6, when he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I can't say the title of my message today because it's a tongue twister. It's the walk, work, watch, way with Jesus. <laughs> try and say that three times fast. <laughs> but this is what I feel like God, I, I want, what God wants me to speak about today. When we are yoked to Jesus, we have no choice but to walk and work with him and watch how he does it, right? We're, we're there. We're in that yoke with him. And when we walk with Jesus, when we're yoked with Jesus, we watch how Jesus shoulders a load. We learn how Jesus was able to bear the weight of life. While um, my dad was remembering how God's been with him all these years, there have been loads, there have been weights, there have been burdens that he's carried and we carry today. But when we walk with Jesus, we learn how, how Jesus carried the weight of life. And we learn to begin to model his work and rest and life rhythms. I wish I could say I've mastered this. And I've learned a little bit in degrees, but I have so much more to learn. Because life is one tangled mess of joy and triumphs, but also sorrows and great weights. Right? Is it not true? I think Father's Day and holidays in general can bring all of these emotions and feelings and memories sometimes to boiling points even in our lives. But every single day when we wake up in the morning or go to bed at night, there's this invitation to us. And if we listen, we can hear Jesus calling and saying, come follow me, come to me, let's do this together. Jesus invites us to be his disciples. What was a disciple? A, a disciple was someone who spent time with their rabbi. They watched and observed their rabbi. They asked questioned questions. They learned the vocabulary and language of their rabbi. They became like their rabbi. And they learned what the rabbi would do in different situations. When we come to Jesus and receive his yoke, we become his disciples and we learn his ways. Not just what Jesus did, but how Jesus did it. Dallas Willard says this about the way of Jesus. 
He says, in this truth lies the secret of the easy yoke. The secret involves living as Jesus lived, adopting his overall lifestyle. Our mistake is to think that following Jesus consists in loving our enemies, going the second mile, turning the other cheek, suffering patiently and hopefully, while living the rest of our lives just as everyone else around us does. It's a strategy bound to fail. I think I've experienced that. When we're yoked with Jesus, we walk differently than we used to. We're affected by being yoked to Jesus. He has such an impact on us that even our pace is changed. Have you ever tried to copy someone else's recipe and it just doesn't turn out? <laughs> it's happened to all of us. Stanley is a great cook, and I was thinking about some of his food when I was um, writing this, thinking these thoughts. I was like, if I tried to copy Stanley, would I measure my flour the way he does? Would I cut the peaches or store the peaches the way he does? Would I watch that reduction sauce simmer for hours the way he does? I'm sure the way he watches it changes the way it reduces. I don't know. <laughs> but the thing is, is I'm pretty sure that whenever I cook, because I haven't spent a lot of time observing Stanley, I don't think it would turn out that way. <laughs> It would taste differently. But when we follow Jesus and follow his ways, we start to learn, how does Jesus measure flour? How does Jesus watch the reduction sauce? We start to see, observe how Jesus does things. When we were first parents, when Aaron and I were first parents, uh, we lived across the street some, from some friends who went to this church. Their names were the Borthistles. And they were Canadian and they were super cool. And they had four kids. And their oldest was 15 and their youngest was four. So they had like preschool, elementary, middle school, and high school all in one house. And I absolutely loved watching how they did life. And she was super gracious and hospitable and invited me over all the time. And we walked together, we played games. We just did all sorts of stuff together. We worked together on different things. But I was like, I want to have, I want to know the ways of Barb in parenting. So how will I learn the ways of Barb? I did those things, observe, watch, listen, ask questions. There were two examples I wanna say. One of the things I loved about looking at their kids is they dressed the wildest. Like nothing, like imagine four randomly different versions of Punky Brewster or something like that. They were just each their own individual kids and they wore the craziest things. Maybe not crazy, just unusual. And so one day I had a chance to be like, it seems like you don't really, you know, care too much what your kids are wearing. How do you ask someone that, right? Politely. <laughs> and she said, no. She said, I, I don't care. <laughs> she said, I have much bigger fights to fight and things that I care about than what they're wearing. <laughs> That's right. And she also enjoyed seeing what her kids picked out. And she said, I want to spend my time on the issues that really matter. And that's what I remembered, is the way she spends her time with her kids. So I took that philosophy on later on 
I tried anyway. I was like, I'm gonna spend my energy on what matters. So when awards day in Caleb's kindergarten came and his teacher told him to wear Sunday's best, this is what you got. <laughs> nice, right? That's a plastic briefcase. <laughs> awards day in kindergarten, I love it. Another example. One that I totally didn't get at first. That's good, Caleb, you can take it down. <laughs> she told me one day, she was talking about one of her daughters, and she said, um, we sometimes have trouble communicating. She said something like this. Sometimes it's hard for us to talk. And so I have her, so what I discovered is she's a writer. So now we keep a journal. And she'll write me in the journal, and then I'll reply back in the journal. And that's how we share our feelings and our thoughts with one another. And that's how we learn from one another. And I was pretty judgmental, right? I had a one-year-old. I was like, what's wrong that you can't talk to your kid? There's got to be something wrong with that. Well, 15 years later, I have a child who's a writer. My youngest is a writer. When she's like six or seven and can barely write, she writes me a one-page manifesto letter. Dear mom, I do not like when you do this. It really bothered me when you did that. And you hurt my feelings when you did this and on and on. And I don't want to talk about this until tomorrow. <laughs> and I looked at this letter and I was like, ah, how dare she? How sassy. But I paused for a minute, thank God. The ways of Barb were patient and slow, very slow. And I was like, this is an incredible gift. This letter is so beautiful because she is so clearly articulating her innermost thoughts to me and the way our relationship works. I was like, this is beautiful. So I wrote a letter back. I'm so sorry this happened, but we will need to talk more about that tomorrow. And we'll need to talk about this tomorrow. And da, 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 da. And I love you so much. And I look forward to tomorrow. We can have a treat together and talk. And she loved that letter. She hung it up in her bedroom wall and it stayed there for months. I learned something from Barb that helped me with my, I learned a way that wasn't forced, that wasn't rushed, that wasn't permissive or discounting, but it took time. It took relationship. Thank you, Barb. <laughs> She's in Canada. It's easy to become a parent but if I want a family life like Barb's, I need to learn how she parents. When we walk in that yoke with Jesus, I envision a slow pace in a heavy field where we're tilling up hard things. There's time going from one row to the next row, back to the next row. How boring, don't you think? Sometimes, sometimes that's life. Eugene Peterson, that translator of, that, that, of the message, says it this way. The Jesus way 
wedded to the Jesus truth brings about the Jesus life. But Jesus as the truth gets far more attention than Jesus as the way. Jesus as the way is the most frequently evaded metaphor among the Christians with whom I've worked for 50 years as a North American pastor. Isn't that the truth? We want to do all the stuff Jesus did. We want to accomplish everything Jesus accomplished. We want the Jesus life. But how often do we evaluate and take time to say, am I living the Jesus way? I think we evade the Jesus way because it's hard. (laughs) It's really hard sometimes. We want silver bullets, secrets to happiness, five-step programs, a subscription to a monthly Jesus shopping package, cliff notes, and so forth. But discipleship takes relationship, and relationship takes time. Love and hurry are not compatible, are they? (laughs) A yoke is a limitation, right? Could it be that the key to living freely and lightly is actually surrendering my own will and freedom to Jesus and his ways and his pace of life? Two other thoughts about yoked oxen. They don't run while they plow. Also, oxen don't pull heavy loads until they are fully grown. So what is the way of Jesus? You're like, okay, tell me the way. Tell me the ways of Jesus. I wish I could say, as you leave the parking lot today, turn right, head west for five miles, then turn right again, head north for three, and then turn left for another seven. And yes, you went the way of Jesus. (laughs) But it's not like that. (laughs) It's just not like that. Jesus is so incredible. There are many ways that he did things. And hopefully you'll learn here with us some of his ways. Hopefully you'll learn in community and with your friends what Jesus's ways are. But Jesus invites us to learn his ways by taking his yoke first and being linked directly to him the way. And we can take that yoke to respond by responding to Jesus's invitation. And this is the invitation. Let me say it again. Come to me. Get away with me and recover your life. Let me show you how to take a real rest. This is how you discover the ways of Jesus. You walk with Jesus, you work with Jesus, and you watch what Jesus does. Jesus did not say, come to church, be yoked to the church. Jesus didn't say, read this book or do that or follow that author. Jesus didn't say Google it, though Google's pretty fun. He didn't say follow your pastor or bishop or your social media influencer. He didn't say ask your friends, be yoked to them. Now, all of these could be great ideas, and all of these are ways we learn. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't do some of them. But Jesus' invitation is to himself first. You have a direct invitation to the good shepherd, the king of kings, the prince of peace, a good father and a creator. And Jesus says, come to me. I am the way. 
The first step to finding your way, and here I am, I'm going to give you a step. (laughs) The first step to finding your way to living the Jesus way and experiencing the Jesus life is to come to Jesus and say, I want to be yoked with you. I want to surrender my life to your ways. We so much want to go to so many other places and people and things and ideas. I did it just a couple weeks ago. I was like, maybe this person is going to have the answer I'm looking for. And I worked up a lot of courage to talk to this person. And it was like a shutdown, not interested in talking, done. I was like, well, okay, Jesus, I guess you want to teach me this thing you're trying to tell me. I want, I, if I would think it'd be so much easier if Meg could just give me the answer to all my problems. But Jesus wants me to come to him. Everything starts in and ends with Jesus. Colossians 1, 15 through 17. Meditate on this for a couple of weeks. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. Isn't that amazing? Jesus, everything is held together through him. Everything's created through him and for him. He holds all creation together. He can hold you. Yes, Jesus, we want to come to you. Get away with me, says Jesus, and recover your life. Get away. We actually have to get away from our work, our habits, our circles of influence, our temptations, our distractions. I mean, we can't live life away. But Jesus invites us to get away with him. There are times when we have to literally create distance from other things to be with Jesus. What do you need to get away from? What do you need to distance yourself from? Think about it very practically. Sometimes we have to leave our homes to get to work. Sometimes to get away from work, we have to leave our work. We have to get away from one thing to experience the other. Sometimes we go to a dentist or a doctor because we have to get away for some help for something. Sometimes we mark our calendars to make sure I've set, a time, set aside time to be with my family. My grandma came to town this week. I set apart time to be with her, to get away with her. When was the last time you thought about getting away with God? That's, that feels weird, doesn't it? It feels strange, maybe. But God wants us to make time to get away with him get away with Jesus. What this, this looks different for all of us, so different. But here's some examples of what it could look like for me. I actually like working in my garden with Jesus. I just like it. I, there's something about being in my garden that I feel like I'm connecting with God. 
I go on walks, I worship, I listen to scripture, I read scripture, I lay in bed and watch the sunrise and think about Jesus saying hello to me. I go to bed at night and say goodnight to him. I take even that moment, just that's what we do in relationships, right? A phone call, a text message. I'm thinking about you. Do you want to do lunch? <laughs> Something like that. Remember how important Sabbath was when the Egyptians came out of Egypt, or the Israelites came out of Egypt, when God's people, God wanted to take his people out of Egypt. God's people were to be distinguished by being a people of rest and worship and getting away to be with God. The Israelites recovered their lives in the wilderness by getting away with God and learning to rest in God as their provider and protector. You being here today, it's a statement. The time with Jesus and worship and his body is important. I'm going to get away from what I do for six days a week, and I'm going to mark today as something different, something special. I'm taking time. I don't know, maybe it's Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday if you're listening online, but you're taking time to be reminded of the Lord. I'll recover my life by getting away with Jesus. That's what Jesus did. All the time, he got away with the Father. The other thing Jesus says is, let me show you how to take a real rest. There are things Jesus wants to show you. He has stuff to show you. Ask Jesus this week, show me something. I heard an amazing testimony today of someone who God was speaking to them through creation and they came to know the Lord. And I don't want to tell the whole story because I hope to hear it another time. But God spoke to them through creation, and they came to know the Lord. Ask the Lord to show you something. Maybe it's through your work or creation or your kids, but God wants to show you stuff. Jesus has stuff to show you. It might be through scripture. It might be through creation, through others, through dreams. Ask the Lord for dreams. Ask the Lord, I want to hear your voice. And God is faithful to speak to you. Read the Gospels to study his life. When is the last time we actually read, read the words of Jesus and took time to see how Jesus talked and what Jesus said? Ask the Holy Spirit to highlight, how did Jesus respond to people? When did Jesus rest? When did Jesus work? What did he do? Where did he go? Why? What motivated him? Who did he interact with? Jesus wants to show us these things. Frederick Dale Bruner says, a yoke is a work instrument. Could we have the next slide, Caleb? A yoke is a work instrument. Thus, when Jesus offers a yoke, he offers what we might think tired workers need least. They need a mattress or a vacation, not a yoke. <laughs> but Jesus realizes that the most restful gift he can give the tired is a new way to carry life, a fresh way to bear responsibilities. Realism sees that life is a succession of burdens we cannot get away from, but instead of offering an escape, Jesus offers equipment.
Yes, equipment <laughs> for life. Okay, a few things that I've noticed about Jesus's ways, and then we'll, we'll close. Jesus continually resisted religious pressures. He refused to bend to the demands of crowds or feed his own popularity. He repeatedly retreated to prayer and solitude in quiet wilderness places. Jesus ate and slept a lot. <laughs> I like all the, message, all the points in scriptures where it says Jesus was eating or Jesus was sleeping. <laughs> Jesus stopped to be present with people. Jesus didn't worry. These are just a few examples of the ways of Jesus and a way that can bring rest for our souls. I want to just finish today saying that Jesus wants to know you and work with you and give you new equipment for life, a new way to enter into his rest. Even while you work and shoulder the burdens of life, will you come to him? Will you take that yoke? Will you surrender to his ways and find a new way of life in Christ? So let's stand, let's pray. Jesus, show us your ways. Show us your ways. We bring, we bring it all to you. We say we wanna be yoked to you. We want your ways to be linked with the truth of you are to the life of you. I don't just want the truth of you. We don't just want the truth of you. We want to live like you. We want to be like you. We want to follow you. Place such a hunger in each of us this week to come to you, to get away with you, to watch you, to see you. Show us, Lord, your ways this week. Help us be a people that walk and rest and work with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you all for joining us. God bless you this week. Go in the joy and the peace of the Lord. Happy Father's Day.